hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello everyone and welcome to a remote episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. And welcome to another episode of the, the Riverdale, Riverdale Register. Uh, <laughs> Guys, we are here. We are remote because I am in New York. I'm actually in the great city of... Actually, I don't know if I should say. I don't know why I wouldn't say, but you guys don't know what it is anyway. I'm on Long Island. Yeah. You say New <laughs> yeah. York. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the beautiful bay. It's very nice here. I would show you, John, but I am... I really just, all my wires are all set up now, so I can't, well, I'm not going to you know, computer. <laughs> I have no way of confirming either way. The room behind you is like a blank white slate. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't it's, see that It's right almost now, featureless. I, it's great. I'm definitely not at my house, like, recording from my closet. This is just your closet. All, right, imagine. No, yeah, are you no, avoiding I'm on a trip. Me? I'm on a trip, John. You know, a mental, emotional trip. Away from you, I right. guess. In that case. <laughs> and then you're just like no. on your couch at home, going escape. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I really, I really am away, and I'm so sorry not to be recording in person. It is better when we record in person, but this is good too. You know, I don't know what you're talking too. about. The banter when we're over Zoom is so good. The awkward ways it's, our voices inter intersect so that neither of us can be understood. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Hey, I'm not rec- I'm not the one editing it though, so that's that sounds hard. What a what a that's joy! A, what a joy! <laughs> what a privilege! Hey, uh, have the fans been talking to us about anything interesting? Here's the thing, John. I've been traveling. I've been seeing family. I've been real real lasted last days ago. Okay, so um, maybe you didn't pose a question. Have you still been in conversation with anybody who's been bringing up something interesting? Um, let me see what the last thing that was interesting. Oh, someone, okay, so this I think, I'm pretty sure I did not respond to this, and you did, but also I may have responded to this and just completely blacked out, but someone was saying that, uh, there were, there were questions about Cheryl's sexuality, and that a lot of people were saying that she's bisexual, other people were saying she's a lesbian. I don't remember if she said, uh, this person thinks that she is a lesbian, Yes, I did but respond I, to that, but I did it did it was me <laughs> approximating how you would respond to it, which is why yeah, you've apparently gaslit you point? you've been gaslit <laughs> unintentionally into thinking you may have written this and forgotten. John, yes. you signed my name. You did spell my name wrong. It has which I been stated. It has been stated and said by Cheryl that she is a lesbian. It doesn't matter what kind of people she dated before she said that that is that is her sexuality i I don't know i totally i agree with that i did not realize that that was a thing but i don't also do a podcast analyzing this show beat by beat every week so you can forgive me for forgetting (laughs) so no anytime i forget anything that has ever happened on riverdale i'm like look caitlin you have to be more on, on top of it. So here's here's the Caitlin. Here's the thing. Imagine <laughs> what anyone else's memory of the show is. Do you, you do know? You think that, like, or do you think we're show? we're above average? <laughs> Are we like like you're like I can't remember. It's all a blur. But you might be an encyclopedia compared to most people. Or are our fans listening to the show all the time, just being like, how could you forget? 
Exactly. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I was watching the show today. I was watching the episode today with my two family friends who don't has ne- have never watched it. Oh, and it's so much better that way. It's so funny. It was so funny. And I was trying to explain the plot. Or not even the plot, but I was trying to explain what was going on. And it, I was like, like when Kevin and Percival kissed, I was like, that actually has not happened before. I just want to clarify that. They don't, they, they are not usually kissing friends, but uh, there, there's a lot of things that I was like, yeah, they have superpowers now. It's season six. That's never happened before. They're not superheroes. I do understand the confusion there, but yeah, this, I like this episode. Actually, I thought this episode was fun. Um, this one, was particularly I, fun to watch with I, other people. I like this one more the second time. Oh, okay. So I just watched it just now, just once. <laughs> no, I know, because you texted me, uh, okay, watching it now, when I said I'm available to record. And I was like, I guess I I'll watch the episode. That you, Yeah, you were timing when you would even watch it around when we were recording. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess I'll... Well, I want it to be fresh. You know, I want it to be fresh in the mind. <laughs> of course, you of know? course. You know. You don't want to sleep on your I... opinions on this episode. Definitely not. Very vital one. Do you want to know what the title of the episode is? Is that what we do Desperately. Know? Desperately. Okay. Tell me. It's... Ex Libris, which I think is pronounced differently than I'm pronouncing it. Maybe Ex Libre. I don't know. I don't know. But it is based on the 2017 New York Times documentary. No, it's based on a 2017 documentary about the New York Public Library. I don't think the New York Times is involved. But it's basically just about the institution of the New York Public Library, which I'm sure hmm. rivals the Riverdale Public Library in scope. I'm sure it's almost as as good as as this library we've never been to before. I was going to I was going to make a assumption that this was a second choice title, but that actually feels appropriate to what the episode is about. I assumed the their first choice would have been collateral. That's a good one too. I mean, yeah, not they, that that movie yeah. would have been anything like this, but Yeah, this one yeah, uh, but I've never seen Collateral, but I imagine it's about... I've never seen Ex Libris. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like it's a lot easier Or Ex Libre, if you will. <laughs> Ex Libre, Nacho Libre actually would have been a good title also. Just oh, throw yeah. us off our game completely. <laughs> I hate that movie, by the way. I think that movie is It's a bad movie. I don't like it's that movie. It's a bad movie. But I that would have been really funny if there was just an episode of Riverdale titled after a middling Jack Black comedy. <laughs> yeah and like in that one archie's like well what about not boxing but lucha right right. that could have been his new hobby that could have he could have done that for a week that feels like that feels like somewhere this show could go if it weren't um uh, a little bit like um huh cultural appropriation of yeah 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 yeah. a decade ago we would have gone there i think Oh yeah, absolutely. And look, maybe if the show has six more seasons, we'll go there. <laughs> we'll right, come back it's, around it's there. <laughs> it's it's down there at the bottom of the barrel, and and they could yeah. still get there. Hundred percent. Yeah, let's definitely, absolutely. <laughs> so, Jana, who wrote this episode? This episode was written by Aaron Allen, who has written several Riverdale episodes. Most recently, Strange Bedfellows. What was that one about? Was that when they had strange bedfellows? <laughs> Is it that one? Was it's it's a good one guess. Where... It's a good. It's a good guess. Let me pull it up. Was there an episode where? Are you ready? Yeah. 
In the aftermath of the prison break at Hiram's jail, Archie leads the charge to round up the remaining convicts on the loose. Tabitha reaches out for Betty's help when she realizes Jughead is missing. Oh, so I think that Jughead has a vision of Betty, right? In the thing? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And there's like the fight in the school hallway. Yeah, it was a weird title for that episode, but... Yeah, he also wrote the episode The Locked Room. That's when they're in the locked room. That's when they try well, that's to... the one that is not really a locked room mystery. <laughs> right. It's the one where he locks everyone in a room until he solves the mystery. <laughs> right, right. And then insists that it is a locked room mystery. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one, though. And then we uh, he also wrote Varsity Blues. And that was when football happened. <laughs> I remember that. No, football happened. Yeah. Football was there. Yeah. Emotions run high as Riverdale celebrates a monumental spirit week. Jughead considers a pivotal opportunity. Veronica pursues a new passion. It's like every episode. <laughs> it's like every episode. Every, every episode. I love just the generic descriptions. I think it's great. It's pretty rough. Uh, this episode was directed by Ruba Nada. This is her first episode of Riverdale she's ever done. She has directed episode of Queens. Cool. Magnum P.I. Cool. Manifest. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, sorry. Hold <laughs> up. Krypton. NCIS Los Angeles. There's always an NCIS in there somewhere. I know. I know. Man, it's like everyone gets an episode to direct of NCIS as a treat. As a little treat. <laughs> Is Krypton... Right, Krypton's everyone. a sh- show you liked, right? I watched... I, you know, I never finished the first season. But I remember I, I was. we talked about it with... um. What's his name? Who plays Jason. Oh, Trevor Steins. Yeah, Trevor mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I'd watch some of that show. Yeah. That's, like, about Superman's grandfather. Fun. But there's also a time travel element where someone from present-day Earth has gone back in time there to help prevent the past death of Superman's ancestor. Cool. Confusing, but okay. They were going to have Reggie Jean Page play Superman's grandfather, but then someone was like, whoa, he's black. Is that really what happened? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh my god, that's awful. He's great. Yeah, right? I do like He's going to be in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I hope he's good in it. He'll be great in everything. And even if he's bad, he's so handsome, I don't care. Is that terrible? Is <laughs> he that, might is just that... charm his way through it all. He's the most handsome person ever. I could also see it being like he got Bridgerton and then suddenly it was like, Shonda Rhimes calls you, answer the call. Period. End of, but he end didn't. Of sentence. He didn't come back for Bridgerton too. Well, he didn't come back for Bridgerton 2 because I feel like there was no... Like, he would have had to be such a minor character in Bridgerton 2. Oh, I I disagree. I think if he had stayed, they would have made him the focus of Bridgerton 2. No, because Bridgerton is, like, told in chapters. It's like each book was, like, a different love story. I actually don't really care for Bridgerton that much. It's not that I don't like it I mean, like I never it watched it, so I can't really... Yeah, I can't stand here and say how Bridgerton <laughs> should be. I just, I just assumed it was Bridgerton's loss that he wasn't coming back and that he was playing a smart game. I think that, I mean, he probably wouldn't have come back anyway, but Bridgerton is like, each each book is like different love stories within the world of Bridgerton. Bridgerton's not a place mm. also, it's a family, I think. I'm going to be honest, I like half watched <laughs> Season I one. disagree. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But I think I think it's Bridgerton County. And right, they are it the might Bridgertons. be. They, it might be both. Honestly, I don't remember. I just know that I was very surprised by what the drama was in season one, after hearing all yeah. about Bridgerton. But yeah, like, it's like it's like nerds going, "Baby Yoda's name is Grogu." Well, I mean, nah. 
Isn't a name really what what other people call you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know? don't always get to choose your nickname, you know? You, In fact, yeah. you can't. Baby Yoda is his nickname, and I think we need to accept that. I was going to ask you what your sections were because I was very confused as to how one would break this yeah. down. We have eight, and they are The Oof. Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka, Songwriting from the Heart, Kiss of the Spider Woman by Manuel Puig, Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews, Small Engine Repairs, <laughs> Dyslexia Workbook for Children, and Lord of the Flies by William Golding. Man, uh, you know what? Let's just start at the top. I guess. Or the bottom. I put most of the meat into uh, the metamorphosis. So we'll start anywhere else. Oh, okay. Let's do Kiss, of, Kiss okay. of the Spider Woman. Kiss of the Spider Woman by Manuel Puig. Checked out by Veronica. Cool. Now, this book, this episode is revealing how uh, not well read I am because I haven't read any of these. You haven't read Lord of the Flies? No, I haven't read Lord of the Flies. And I thought that would be the one that would stand out. You haven't read Small Engine Parts? What? Uh, I no, but I have read Zen: The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which I feel is similar. Is that book? That book isn't actually about motorcycles. It doesn't really teach you about How to... motorcycle maintenance, but the main character knows a lot about Motor... Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. That makes sense. Okay, I was actually very confused about that, having known what that book title is. Now, by watching this episode, you might think Kiss of the Spider Woman is about. A spider woman. What what and is it about? It is actually it actually depicts the daily conversations between two cellmates in an Argentine prison, Molina and Valentine, and the intimate bond they form in the process. I'm sorry, so on Katie Keene they did a musical that was Kiss of the Spider Woman, I thought. Did they? Is that not uh, the I had I are you sure? Well it's funny because Jacob had tweeted I hope it was actually Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. No, it was Spider-Woman musical. Kiss from his... Is this... What? Was it Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? <laughs> no, no. But I do want to see that. Huh. Yeah. No, it's the same thing. There is a musical. And a book. Huh. It went to Broadway in 1993. And it went to Katie Keene in 2020. Wait, so the musical is also about the two men in prison? Yeah, it is. I thought huh. that there was a spider. Yeah, where does the title come from? So it's, okay, so there are two people in prison, um, and one of them has fantasies around movies, one of them, uh, and so he kind of fantasizes about different like movie characters, and one of the things that he fantasizes about is um, the spider woman who kills with her kiss. So it's kind of just like, you know, it is about the prison thing. It is about the prison conversations, but it is about also the spider woman, literally, who kills with her kiss. That's Veronica. Her superpower. Her superpower would be this. Right. By the way. Now, do you think she read this book? No. No. <laughs> I I think she checked this book out. I think yeah, no. and then she watched a movie or a musical to do the book report on it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I actually had a hard time believing most of the people in this uh, episode actually read the book. Um, I did think there's only one person who I truly believe read the book. Is that Jughead? It's Reggie. Yeah, no, actually, yes, yes. Reggie learned how to read and then read that book many, many times over. I Reggie, Reggie, <laughs> Reggie every day 
re-upped on that book just to make sure he's still good at reading. I poor Reggie. This was an episode where it's like Reggie Reggie's best character on Riverdale by far. Reggie Reggie comes off very well. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so Veronica Veronica's shoving bags into Reggie's hands on the way out. He says it's good he's getting out now or else he'd wind up dead, like her husband and Hiram, and then he invokes the nickname people do call her, the Black Widow of Wall Street. I love that he's like, oh, when they called you that, and I was like, uh, uh, don't say it, don't say wolf, don't say it. No, she wolf of Wall no. Street? I would love her Black to Widow cut him of off. Wall Street. She killed one person, and that nickname caught on like wildfire. <laughs> yeah, you can you can make a bunch of stocks good or whatever you do with stocks, but the second you murder your husband and seem to show absolutely no remorse for that, that's when people start giving you the nickname. Yeah, yeah. She's more mad about the nickname than the murdered husband. She doesn't. No, she truly could, could not care less. I don't think she thinks yeah, about it at uh, all, ever. Period. Never. <laughs> Never crosses her mind. Genuinely. She keeps forgetting that she was married. She's like, who's Chad? <laughs> oh, they keep saying this name. It's very weird to me. Like the country, Chad? No, no. He adds that now she's free to hook up with Geraldo. And she says, who? And then uh, Reggie, the actor playing Reggie, kills the line where he says, oh, come on. <laughs> we all know. Well, you called that from, like, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, the second he mm-hmm. stepped in to the scene you were like yes but they they used him differently than i expected same. didn't they absolutely the same. i thought he'd be alive at the end I, I thought that maybe like reggie would shoot him i did if i didn't think that veronica's kiss would kill him but i don't know how we would have predicted that what what power do you think reggie will have um, and will it be re- the ability to turn into a car <laughs> I think it's the ability to read because that's the greatest power of all. Um, so I think I think that I, I think it's the power he had all this time inside of himself that he didn't know about. So uh, Reggie says that Veronica can't be alone. It's not in her nature, which is a, an incredible burn and accurate. We we said that last week. Yeah, Veronica's a horrible person now. So she's also a codependent person, which is a. Just a great combination. Ideal, really. Ideal. Veronica calls Percival the library police when he comes for her, for her book. Which is Kiss literally, it's literally what he is, so it fits well, actually. Right. And he's he's like, the, the late fees are in the thousands. She's like, yeah, I have money. And she's like, ready to write a check. And so he just moves the goalposts. <gasps> just moves them. Ah, now it's a misdemeanor charge. You're subject to jail time. Veronica's like, I killed a man, and nobody cared. <laughs> feel like I feel like she would be able to get in a lawyer to fight this. I don't think you go to jail for stealing library books. I d- well, not if you're white. I don't. I don't know. I've never heard of this. This is bad. We should really look into if this is a real thing because this is bad. Google it. I know, not now though, but like later. <laughs> when? After after we do we talk about Riverdale, I'll try to I'll see if we can deal with that social justice issue. But um, if this <laughs> oh, okay, if, all right. If this all is right. a problem, I do want to fix it. I do not want people to go to prison for library books or most other things. Yeah. But definitely not library books. In the meantime, he'll take Hiram off her hands. Now, what's fun about Hiram uh, still being in her office and not packed up is that Reggie was right. Reggie, he said if she didn't do it immediately, she wouldn't do it at all. She needed someone else to come in and take him out of there. And she's like, that does solve my main problem. Huh, thank you. Yeah, I had to go get, like, butcher tape to 
tape this up. Now you're I just was, gonna get. To be honest, I was never gonna. I was never fully committed to getting rid of it. Well, it's so hard to get rid of stuff. Also, it's like I remember like the most stressful thing when I was moving was not was not buying new stuff because yes, that costs money and that's annoying. But it's getting rid of stuff because it's you don't just oh, yeah. like throw it on the street. Like you have to like call someone and they don't always come and then you leave it on and the street and get fined. It's like a whole thing. It's like a it was like a whole other full time job for my parents getting rid of yep. all of the stuff that they needed to get rid of from our old house as they moved out. It's a huge pain. Don't like it at all. Not a yeah, fan. Stuff is annoying. It is. Love having it. Yeah. Hate dealing with it. Hate I agree with that completely. I have a sixty five pound suitcase that I'm living out of this uh, month. So it's like I'm happy that I have this stuff. But also, my God, it's a burden. It's the greatest burden. I'm sorry. We have like eight plot lines to go through. I apologize. <laughs> Veronica calls Geraldo and instantly hangs up to kill a spider on her self-portrait. I thought it was going to like no. be in the picture. Did you think that? That it was going to be like part of it? Oh, that she'd pull like the thing away and be part of the picture? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. She's never had an opinion on spiders before. Right, but now it's very important so, to her. Right. Now it's her thing. If anyone's been associated with spiders in the past, it's been Cheryl. Oh, yeah, she must be pissed. Right? Spider brooch? Yeah. It's just like... Huh. But she's also associated with fire. You know, it's a twofer. Yeah, that's true. Everyone gets their thing. What I, What's fun about Veronica needing to find a copy of her book to return is that she makes Smithers do it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, actually, what if we didn't... I didn't deal with this at all. Smithers... Smithers couldn't find it for her, and she suggests he try The Strand, yes. which is, of course, the only bookstore she's ever heard of in New York City, and she definitely has the tote bag, but has never been inside. Yeah, no, 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 again, we, we've established these characters don't read. None of these characters have read the book. Right, no. Betty has read the that's book, right. actually, but she's looked at the picture as she was a child, and that's not really a book. It's like a manual, <laughs> so it's different. Right. Do you do you read books at that age? Hard to say. I read, I read, I guess, but... I also didn't have all the stuff going on that these kids did. Smithers also gives her a gift, a parting gift from Reggie, a Glamourgé egg that when she opens, she sees spiders crawl out. But then when she drops it, they're, it's like they were never there. It's her new thing. He was just trying to, you know, help her find her new, her new thing, her new motif for her life, the spiders. He's like, come on, this is great for you. Glamourgé egg, you love those. And this one's uh, spider-themed, which I know is the book you can't and find. And also, you love pets, you know? You need a pet. <laughs> so, that's exciting. So Veronica welcomes Geraldo, and he has to ask where Reggie is. And she says he's gone for good, God willing. And Geraldo wants to know if he's her rebound, and she says, What's with all these labels? Why does everyone want to know where they stand with me? So annoying. Can't I just not want to be alone? <laughs> Can't I just want somebody to be my crutch in between relationships yeah. with Archie? Why not? Why? It's not about you. You're not even a person in all of this to me. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even think of you at all. Why are you being like this? It's just all I need is a warm body right here. Man, he still looks like a 16 year old to me. So this is very weird. But I guess he's not. Well, right. at least well then she's a child murderer. Yeah, man. <laughs> Because Veronica wakes up the next day, and Gerardo's dead. He's a corpse with black lips. I didn't really, I didn't see where this was going until it went there. For, like, a minute, I thought she was going to turn it over and it was going to be someone else. It was going to be, like, Chad, right? 
Oh, that would have been cool. You know, I thought they were trying to make her feel bad about all the people she's killed in the past. <laughs> but instead, they're they're just saying, no, you're going to kill a lot more people in the future. Well, she, she also, like... So the second she turns him over, she then gets on the phone with Dr. Curdle Jr. And is like... Right. And is like, oh my god, how annoying is this? He is dead. What a... What... <laughs> What an inconvenience well, for me. Well, the first person she calls is Reggie. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, she's, like, gloating. Not gloating, but... She calls Reggie, and she's like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> she does not feel bad at all. <laughs> you let all these Black Widow spiders in my house, and they murdered this guy. She's so... He's like, I didn't know that guy would be there. And she says, no, you knew. You did say. <laughs> you said that I couldn't be alone. You had me pegged. <laughs> and you were right, and you knew it. <laughs> Yeah, so she does not feel bad at all. This guy was very important to her grandmother. And, in fact, seemed was like, <laughs> he seemed like the first line of defense for her grandmother. So Yeah, do you think grandma would be like, no, but I actually really need him? Where is he? Is yeah, he okay? Yeah, no. Huh. I guess, I guess she just does not care. That's fine. Mm-mm. Not even a, not a thought. No, never a thought. Never been. No. After this, Jughead manages to get a copy of Kiss of the Spider Woman for Veronica, and she says, Keep it. I don't need it. Percival, keep the collateral. I don't care. You don't have power over me, because I say so. Right. I feel like I'm fully aware of the situation I'm walking into right now. Yeah, everybody here who kept their thing, I was like, What? Why? Not everyone. No, but everyone who kept it, like Jughead and Veronica. And Cheryl, oh. I was like, no, guys, get, get rid of these things. Veronica not only kept it, she left it in the clutches of the bad guy. She's like, it's fine. It can't, nothing... I'm pretty sure superpowers aren't real, so. Yeah, no, nothing nothing bad could happen here. You... No one's no one's told me anything I should be aware of right now. I wonder why Cheryl kept hers, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Cheryl doesn't keep hers, does she? she? Yeah, she does. She's like, oh, I can't. He's already well, she. Burned. Oh, right, no. She says it's all good because she's already burned him. That feels Listen, like a loophole. Listen, the Cheryl plot at first I assumed would be much more than it wound up being. Yeah, I think we're getting into something new, but we'll get there. Let's do Cheryl next. Well, they're really, they're really tiptoeing their way up to it, aren't they? Yeah. They gotta cast Heather. Then finally, creepy Dr. Jr. calls Veronica and tells her it was indeed Black Widow Venom that killed Geraldo. But a spider couldn't do this. Not with no puncture marks. The venom entered his body through the lips. So, does that mean she, like, has it in her spit? Like, poison lips, I think? Like, poison ivy does? Where she can, like, charm you with a kiss, but Veronica... But, like, not one. Like... Many? They had full sex, (laughs) and then he died. When, when I was a kid, I asked my mom once, because I was watching, like, the Batman animated series, whatever one was, like, out when we were, like, children. I was like, Mom, like... If oh, you, the animated series? Yeah. I was like, if you kiss Poison Ivy, will you die? And my mom, not knowing who Poison Ivy was or that it was a person, she was just like, you know, your lips will just get very itchy. So, like, don't do that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, I guess. Well, it makes you feel better. Poison Ivy's powers have always been very gender-based. You would probably be fine. That's true. That's good. I was worried there for a minute, you know? <laughs> I also used to, like, often... Unless unless you have a Y chromosome. Then I, things I might get messy. Is that what it is? Is that the whole thing? Because I think that you can have... I don't know. I, it's, I mean... Listen, when they John, I was concerned about like, this. Sexy villain lady, she kisses people, but she's bad. 
and then eventually uh, women got to write her. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like how that goes. I was very concerned about a lot of things that I didn't have to be concerned about as a child. Poison Ivy, the character, yeah. the fictional character, was one of them, and so was I. Always was worried that about vampires potentially biting me, because I was I was kind of okay if I if I got to be a vampire, but in some vampire lore they killed you. And so sometimes I would ask my parents for clarification, like, when do you die and when do you become a vampire? I just need to know. Right, right. Did they, were they helpful? No, of course not. (laughs) I I think that... Well, I want to say, I just want to point out, uh, you are currently not a vampire and alive. I think you're doing very well. Thank you. Maybe they did more than I thought. I gave, I didn't give them enough credit. You know, you don't know if they don't exist. Right. Maybe my parents have been protecting me this whole time. Who knows? They know more than I know. That's how I've always lived. Let's do Cheryl next. I think Cheryl's Well, good. that's the... That's the whole Veronica plot. Where do you want to go next? Cheryl. To whom? Cheryl. Cheryl? Yeah. Okay. Cheryl. Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. Oof. Loaded. Loaded book for Cheryl it's to be reading. 1979 gothic novel. Do you want me to tell you about this book? Do you, have you read this one? Yeah. Do you know what this book's about? How, how aware are you of what Flowers in the Attic is about? Um, no, not at all. Oh my god, I can't you know, wait. When it comes to books with flowers in the title, it's it's Algernon <laughs> and nothing. It was confusing that those were two different books. They're very different. So, John, okay. Flowers <laughs> in the Attic is a book about siblings whose mother leaves them at their grandmother's like mansion... Um, and because the grandfather can't know that they are there, she locks him in the attic where the siblings, t- the two, the two of the siblings, the older siblings, one was played by Kiernan Shipka, I believe, in the miniseries. Older version, I believe, is Rose McIver. The two siblings uh, have a romantic, incestual relationship with each other. And Cheryl yeah. read this with her friend Heather. It's a little bit better that she did actually than read it with her brother Brother. yeah Uh uh-huh so you've never heard of this i'm so amazed flowers in the attic is very cheryl because it's a very it's a gothic novel she was really weirdly incestuous with her own brother or not actually incestuous but it always felt that way the vibes were always there i think they've made those jokes before yeah i get i get where where the title and the description really matches yeah icky though right I mean, a little bit, yeah. I, why not a book about gay love? I think it's just that it's very, um, it's a very Cheryl book to read something so unsettling. But those books actually, they're like a full-on book series. I actually really, I don't want to be like, I, I'm like not, um, I'm not a huge fan of the work. Like I haven't read all the books or anything like that. But the but Lifetime made a, the miniseries and I did watch all those but they had a really great trailer for it where they played Sweet Child of Mine, but like slow and and just like very um, spooky. It's a really... Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wait, a trailer did a, a slow uh, down melodramatic <laughs> cover of a song? Yes, but, but that one was very good. I, I did like that one. <laughs> it was good. Creepy, creepy and gross, but yeah. Well... Yeah. <laughs> it's Crimson Peak. When Percival comes for the book, Cheryl admits that 
the last time she read it was with a long lost friend and he knows her name he says heather so isn't he just reading their minds i guess yeah yeah they didn't really say that he, but that's what i inferred yeah i thought he could control minds but well i guess yeah he kind of is telepathic with jughead too yeah i think i think he can read minds he wants the jason trunk as collateral i forgot jason was in a trunk yeah. i thought <laughs> we've buried jason like twice i thought that they left him in the Sweetwater river i didn't realize that when they burned him yeah they right him back. when did he come back from that i cannot remember <laughs> you know it's not worth it's not worth it it's not it's not worth going she... there, <laughs> cheryl warns percival that he's playing with fire and he says his men are instructed to shoot her in the head if they see him flushed how does he know about her power? Because he's a mind reader. Because he knows She everything. doesn't leave the house. He's a mind reader. It was hard for him to figure out Archie's power. Remember? Yeah. I think it might just be a, a situation where maybe... Also, hmm. sucks to be Archie. You're the only one with a weakness. As far as we know. He's the only one with like yeah. a physical thing that removes his, uh, his power. Betty's power is horrible. Betty has the worst power of ever. It's useless. It's absolutely useless. Not a na- it's just headaches. Just, just, absolutely. I, I'm i very curious where this is going to go because it does seem like certain people are divided along the lines of evil and good with their superpowers, but I digress. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm sure they'll all be friends in the end. <laughs> or, you know, acquaintances who sometimes team up for things <laughs> for the last six Oh, I know seasons. you. I know Kevin, I think. Yeah, Ke- we, we met. We've met, I think. So, sorry, Cheryl. Cheryl. Percival takes the trunk, fully aware her brother is inside. Then, Cheryl's home alone and she hears laughter from children in the house. He goes to seek it out. And she sees, like, the shape of a child undercovers and she asks if it's Heather and we hear frightened breathing. But she pulls the sheet away, it's only flowers. And then she says, flowers in the attic indeed. I'd be like, where'd those flowers come from? <laughs> Never established. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. She, and then she was just like, oh, cool. It's just mysterious flowers that have she's, showed she's up. She's like, oh, that's all. Right. Normal Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. She does more in the... I, I, I put the rest of her stuff in the metamorphosis section. Should we... So is this the end of the but Cheryl? Once Jughead gets a copy of Flowers in the Attic for Cheryl, she says she... she says she doesn't have to cleanse Jason because she's already burned him once. I hope he didn't try too hard to find these books. Like, like a lot of people he, are I mean, like, he drove all the way to Pennsylvania. Which could be an hour, ten minutes. <laughs> you know, you don't know. It could be three yeah. days. It could have taken him. Hey, listen, gas is expensive now, and Jughead is barely employed. It does Jughead, Jughead works at the diner. Does he, he works at the school in the diner. I thought he got fired from the school. No, he said he came back. <laughs> right. Oh, right, when he, yeah, when he timed Get it together. Right, he came back. I'm sorry, these people all have jobs. Multiple jobs. And that's the Cheryl plot. Let's go to... Hmm, Kevin? Kevin. 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 Lord of the Flies by William Golding. I'm more aware of what this one's about than anything. Cool, cool, cool. It's about a group of boys stranded on an uninhabited island, and they're... Uh, how how do you how do you describe it? Uh, they're not so good at being a society, right? Not like the society, which is better at being a society, but worse at being a lasting cultural imprint on the world. Okay, uh, one, 
it lasted it imprinted so hard on my brain that it doesn't matter what other people think of the society is it based off a book is there some way you can read more and that's the annoying thing it's like it's it it's such an original i mean it's not a super super original concept not so not not so original lord of the flies is right but but it's it's so it was very original in execution and the characters were so good and the themes were so strong anyway society's a perfect show you guys should watch it but yeah no it's not based on anything so it's like i don't know what's gonna happen i know Catherine newton's gonna have a successful career but that's not that's not helpful right because she's a marvel superhero now yeah she's in everything and she deserves it because she's great but yeah lord of the flies is a book about boys stranded on an island um it's really about toxic masculinity and um yeah and if you guys like this you should watch the wilds season two boys are involved now or as I, I like to call it, the boy wilds. It's interesting, actually, because in the wilds, the boy characters that come on, one of them is Rafe. That's his name. And I'm wondering if it is a nod to Ralph, even though I'm pretty sure Lord of the Flies, like, exists with in this universe. You know, like, they talk about Lord of the Flies, like, it's a, it's a thing, but... Right. You read Lord of the Flies? And Rafe, Rafe does look kind of like Ralph, because that's Rafe Fiennes spells similar oh i thought you I thought you meant I like mean, in the, maybe i thought you meant in the show that the rafe on the wilds looks like rafe finds and i was like not at all no no i'm just saying the name rafe is looks spelled like similarly to ralph i was backing you up thank you <laughs> thank you i was on your side i appreciate that john thank you and i'm but that doesn't mean i'm watching the wilds i don't know if i'm gonna watch the wilds you, probably not you don't have to because i watched it twice already uh that's fine oh great yeah <laughs> thank, i watch it thank for you for that i appreciate You're that welcome you're welcome so much um but yeah so uh kevin this was not the book i thought kevin would pick i thought this was a weird choice for him do you think kevin kevin's yeah kevin's for sure read this apparently yeah Um, kevin sounds like he knows the plot kevin you know kevin likes things that hurt him yeah Uh, kevin also apparently read this he when he said that was like one of my favorite books as a kid i'm like i mean i read this book in like ninth or tenth grade i don't i didn't read this book in like elementary school oh it seems he read this in high school as well but he said kid he's like oh it was my favorite book as a kid like when you well yeah from his perspective i hope he's, you know <laughs> 10 years ago was childhood was he reading it when he was in the cult or when the serial killer was at his school or well they kind of date it don't they if if that if moose is the one who has it now oh yeah i guess then... yeah it had to have been sometime before Moose left. Aw. It'd be so funny if Kevin was, like, in the middle of all this drama, just being like, have you guys heard of Lord of the Flies? Moose, you should read this. <laughs> Great book. Percival tells Kevin that stealing, even books, tears at the social and civic order. So how can these agitators be fighting for town if they steal from it? Okay. Just frustrating logic. Yeah. Checks out, though. (laughs) I mean, it's a fucking library. (laughs) I don't don't know, man. The books are free, right? The books are free for... The books are free. Also... That's the idea. And if you funded the library well, it really wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And they're going to tear it down anyway. So the logic's not great. Right, yeah. Right. The, the, The logic in this was making me so mad the first time I watched this. I'm just like, you... What the... 
You asshole, you're just doing this to be a little stinker. Exactly, he's a little stinker, John. That's the thing. Percival's yeah. a little stinker. I don't like when little stinkers have a lot of power. Drives me drives me crazy. Makes me so mad. Makes me want to um, physically hurt them. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But look, apparently you go to jail for library books. And this is the thing that I'm getting concerned about. Because uh, I... Do you think the same thing applies to Blockbuster? Because I do have a couple of the... That you would go to jail for... <laughs> Not returning Blockbuster DVDs. No, I think I think it's uh, harder to open a Blockbuster than get in trouble for not returning Blockbusters. Okay, good. I just wanted to check. Just wanted to check. So what is Kevin doing? Kevin's hoping that Percival's not going to hurt all of his friends. And Kevin, Percival's like, are you doubting me, Kevin? I was like... Well, then why don't you tell me where your copy of Lord of the Flies is? <laughs> Kevin's not brainwashed by Percival? This is a choice he's making? Apparently not entirely. He's, like, on the fence. Cool, 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 cool. Love that for him. Amazing. Right, right. They kiss in this episode. Uh, they do. <laughs> they do kiss in this episode. That was really surprising for me, actually. I just assumed Percival would hate gay people. <laughs> I just assumed Percival... Yeah, yeah, I don't know what I assumed. I didn't assume that he... Right? <laughs> I mean, I, it doesn't seem like he's actually interested in him romantically or anything like that, obviously. Right, he's just, huh. this is what Kevin would respond to. Yeah, that's so evil, actually. This is all Kevin ever responds to. That's so sad. Anyway, we'll get there. Hate, hate Percival. Percival. Percival lights candles and chants over the collateral objects. He's a wizard. Moose. Moose has Kevin. No, he's a magic man. Oh, right. He's a magic. I can't say. I was going to say it. I'm not going to say it. My hair keeps falling. Moose has Kevin's copy of Lord of the Flies. He says it was in his dad's house. Kevin, you remember my dad, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, tra- the trauma you can't of, just keep that. casually mentioning your father to kevin he does it every single time they're together so that's fine kevin just it's, had a nightmare I, it feels like um moose in more recent seasons has been like trying to make up for lost time to be more openly gay because he's just talking about how he was in lust with ralph back when he read it and Kevin says that he was too, but he identified with Piggy, the fat kid. I always shipped Piggy mm. and Ralph. I'm kidding. Oh. That's weird, I think, but <laughs> I was just joking. I don't know. Again, <laughs> I haven't read the book. You would like it. I think you would like it. I think you should read it. It's good. I would pick this one over uh, Flowers in the Attic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know. Just, I'm, every book I try to read puts me to sleep, and I don't like that that keeps happening, because I want to read more. I get it. But uh, every book I try to read puts me to sleep. And so I'm like, do I need to read the most basic, broad, appealing stuff? Is that the only stuff I actually want to read? What's Why, why is this like? Do, why am I like Do this? you read at night? No, I read at all times. You're like, I'm just always falling asleep. <laughs> like, I'm, I like, uh, it'll be like randomly when I'll be like, oh yeah, reading, let's do that. And then... I'll, like, read a couple pages and be like, whoa, I gotta put this down and close my eyes. I get that, though. I, I sometimes feel that way, too. I feel like I don't read as much as I used to because of that, actually. But, yeah. yeah. I think it's our... I honestly think... Like, I don't have time for this. I think it's our attention <laughs> If I start spans. reading, I'm gonna go on a nap and then... Yeah. I think it's... My attention span's a lot shorter than it was. So, that's probably part of it. I can train it, but... I love TikTok. Can't get rid of that. Sigh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I made my choice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Moose says Kevin's a total Ralph now. And Kevin <laughs> says maybe on the outside, but once a piggy, always a piggy. I, if I was Moose, I'd be like, I don't have time for this, Kevin. <laughs> like, you, I can't compliment you anymore, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moose is like, I'm not in this to be, like, lifting you up every day. I am a gym teacher now, Kevin. I am busy. <laughs> I am taking care of my psychopathic <laughs> father and teaching gym. Uh, I'm just so attracted to men who are so unsure about themselves all the time. Man, poor Kevin. Poor Kevin, but also yeah. I worry about Kevin. I worry where Kevin, Kevin's head is at Kevin, all the time. Kevin is, is a guy who's who's been trying everything in his life except working on himself. He's like, maybe I should adopt a child that's not mine, technically. Right, right, right. He's like, it's not, none of it's working. What should I try next? Moving. Right. Oh, no, no, that's not going to work either. I can, I'll become a cop. Maybe I should tell everyone <laughs> That'll I'm make it all better. And then not move. It's really more of what If it I is. take the child for myself, maybe that'll make me happy. It'll fill the void. Kevin, you need a spinoff, buddy. I hope, I, I want that for you one day. I do. He's gonna make it after all. I saw, I saw Broadway, though, and I, I do think Casey Cott has it, but I don't think Kevin has it. I was just at the show, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Kevin wouldn't be here. But Casey Cott, if he wanted to make that pivot, I could see it. Be, he'd be Book of Mormon, Music Man eventually, yeah. you know. Let hair grow out on your chest. Do it all. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be good for you. Do it. Kevin returns his book to Percival in the Champagne Suite. He says he couldn't even read it again. And Percival infers it reminds him of someone he doesn't want to be. Aww. He tells Kevin to let that part of him die, the part that feels unattractive. He's a gorgeous man who deserves everything his heart desires. And if he aligns with Percival, he'll never feel like Piggy again. Oh, that's manipulative. It's almost like this guy's a bad dude. Yeah. <laughs> And then Percival says a really scary couple of lines. <clears throat> I think all of that was he pretty says, scary, too. <laughs> you see those dark secrets we all carry in our hearts? Percival is those secrets, and only he can release you from them. What does that mean? Guess we won't find out, because they kiss instead. Yeah, I think Percival is more than a man. Okay, he's a magic man. I think he's he's some something something maybe demonic or, or or unknowable, you know. Yeah, all I'm saying is Hiram. Children of the Forest or something like that. The Pale Man. Hiram Lodge could never. Sadly, it was the one thing he didn't well, have. I mean, like the you kind of wish Hiram was doing more shithead things, like oh, give me your books. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna hold this over you because I'm gonna be a dick about this. Like that feels like more of a Hiram thing. Yeah, but until then, like Hiram is not gonna like do spells. Right, Hiram. The struggle with Hiram was always like this guy is a scary gangster crime lord from New York who's constantly dealing with children. Right, and now at least they're adults. So. Yeah, at least they're full grown adults. Curious if he's still alive, but we'll get we'll figure right. that out eventually. Well, I'm he's sure. the painting, so he's he's in Percival. They didn't <laughs> right. burn him. Right, of course. Percival, uh, that's probably relevant, actually. It might, yeah, I think. Percival right. kisses Kevin, and we've lost him again. Kevin's like, ah, new cult, let's do it. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Kevin, man, therapy, Kevin, therapy. Where to next? 
Ooh, uh, Betty and Archie? Which one, Betty or Archie? Archie. Songwriting from the Heart. I don't believe this is a real book. I, I think it's a generic songwriting book. Because they didn't mention a author. Yeah. <clears throat> Archie checked out Songwriting from the Heart and never returns it. But Percival does know that Miss Grundy recommended it. And he also knows that the publisher behind that copy has gone out of business. So again, he's being a little stinker. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, name. what are you going to do? How are you going to replace it? I just love that you call him a little stinker. It's hilarious to me. It's the funniest thing ever. It's a lot of very funny. <laughs> he, uh, he takes Archie's guitar as collateral. And Archie <laughs> threatens him, like, God damn it, he's got palladium. I would be like, take my guitar. I've never, I haven't played this in six years. Like, go. It, this was a sophomore year Do of you, high school dream. Here's a question. Uh, this guy just carries palladium with him everywhere he goes now? Yeah. Do you, how, how, ma- how magnetic do you think palladium is? Man, I could... could. Do you think if they just got, like, a really big novelty magnet, they could just whoop? pulled out of his hand nice try percival but i have a big novelty magnet <laughs> yeah i actually have a feeling it's probably not magnetic though but i don't know why i don't know why i think that yeah i don't know i don't know how to find this maybe it's because i did not go to Mag- go to geology Mag- school so i don't know but <laughs> i have a feeling it's not it's not magnetic dang dang it i thought i'd figured out the way I mean, look, you, you can keep I thought thinking. I, I thought I'd solve this one. Ugh, keep thinking of things to help Archie, because no one is coming up with many solutions for this particular one. Another little stinker, some raw rotsy kid, makes fun of Archie for playing guitar and singing at the variety show. He's like, ha-ha, you had interests. I was like, oh, you mean this like insanely attractive 16-year-old who was on the football right, team? Right. Oh, no. Was he better looking at you and put himself out there in public and showed off his skills? But, like, Archie is real aggro about Get this. Get him. So, like, okay, yeah, Archie, big Archie's picture. Like, you give that to me. Uh, then he hears a cello. Cello? It's Miss Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Cello, it's a bass. Yeah, he hears a cello being played in the music room, and he thinks it's Miss Grundy, and then for a second it's Zombie Grundy, and then he just kind of, like, leaves at a moderate pace. Did you think that it was actually Miss Grundy, the actress who plays her? I don't think it was. I wanted to know. I, they didn't hold on her long enough to make it clear, which makes me think it's not her. Yeah, I I didn't think it was her. I could be wrong because of, like, the makeup and stuff, but I don't think it's her. Mm. It's cool, yeah, though. Yeah, I think if they could have gotten her, they would have used her. Yeah, yeah. For longer, uh, and then they got to Percival playing the cello. Now the thing that does that I am walking away from this moment thinking is is I'm thinking. Now that we've left reality behind, um, Zombie Riverdale is in the cards. Oh yeah, totally. Season and I seven. kind of hope, not that yeah, not to say Riverdale should be search party, but what if it was? I kind of want the zombie apocalypse in the final season of Arch of, of Riverdale. Oh my god, that's what they're doing. That's what ab- if that's ab- what he's doing? What if he's starting the zombie apocalypse? Somehow? I think that no, I actually think that's a good thing for Rumor Mill. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Well, uh, then at night, Archie breaks into the curiosity shop, and he finds a cello and a note. 
which says, Your item is not on the premises, but should you desire to play music again, please accept this cello. Warmest regards, Percival. Stinker. She's just, what a, what a stinker. I've had enough of this guy. Yeah, yeah, I think they have too. I, I would love to just get like a minor victory at this point because it's really starting to drive me crazy. I mean, they kind of do. You know? They they always spoil his plans until the next right, episode. but they always, but they're also always playing his game, and right. I want them to also outsmart him. Just. Just like once or twice, you know. Yeah, I got that for sure. Put it, show show me what he's like when uh, they do get a win on him, and show me how he responds to that. Make him more dangerous. Yeah, he is winning a lot. He is winning. He's he's he's, on, he's been on a hot streak for a while, and it's a it's a little frustrating to watch. I could get that. Yeah. Now this Rarazzi kid sees Archie and then he's he's making fun of him because his music teacher was hot? Yeah. What's the <laughs> Right. Well, you're going to make him feel bad about that? <laughs> he had sex with her. <laughs> also, he had absolutely nothing to do with that. Like like he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that this woman like roomed him. Like he just knows that she right, was attractive. Right. He doesn't have the verb. He doesn't have the words for it. Yeah, it's just man, man. Kids these days. Archie's ready to kick this kid out. I think you should make him do a bunch of stupid laps. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a thing that they do? I don't know. I it should be. I don't know. Seems Archie's raw rotsy never goes out and like works out or anything. I also don't know what it stands for, so... Because there's two R's well, and Riverdale, <laughs> so that's confusing. I think... Hold on. I know we've looked this up in the past, on a past episode. I'm sure we have. Guys, sound go off listen, Go listen to all our episodes and... Then you'll know. I imagine some of you have our podcast memorized, so <laughs> I don't think that I actually... Oh, my God. That, you guys don't do that, I know. I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> no one does that, so don't worry. <laughs> I swear to God. But cool if you do. Cool if you do. Well, Archie stares down the cello and <laughs> thinks of Miss Grundy for the first time in years, and then he smashes it. I get it, because she was a horrible predator. And they did, you know what I like about this storyline? And they've done this before. This is not the first time they've acknowledged that Miss Grundy was a predator. It's like the third or fourth time. But I really appreciate yeah. that they keep driving that point home. Yeah, they've, they've done a lot of work to kind of rehabilitate that storyline that yeah. we weren't super uh, uh, open to yeah. at the time either. Yeah, because it was, even in season one, I will say, like... It was kind of, like, at an inflection point of people being more aware of grooming and all of that. Yeah. You know, back then you were talking a lot about the uh, power dynamics. Totally. So, good for them. Well, Betty comes home in heart sunglasses, just like Miss Grundy. Percival didn't plan that. That's just a coincidence. (laughs) Yeah, salt into a wound. Unless Percival stalked that store. Yeah, I think so, right? It has to be. And she's like, I thought they were cute. <gasps> take them off. To be fair, I also have those sunglasses, so it's not that. Caitlin, take them take off. Take them off. I will. I will. Don't worry. I've, I've been wearing them this whole time. <laughs> this whole time. Just, just to be weird. Archie tells Betty what Percival's been doing to him. He's triggered thinking about how he stopped playing music. Is that because of Miss Grundy? And then Betty... Betty's like, 
Music. Uh, oh. Right, 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 right. You played music. Yeah. Right. right. You were what so happened? good at that. Why'd you stop? <laughs> yeah. They never really acknowledged if that's why he stopped playing music. I don't think that's why. Mm-mm. He played music after that. No, I think this is retroactive, them kind of saying, if there ever was a reason why we just never came back to doing music, this would be a pretty good excuse. Yeah, I got Yeah, I mean, it is. I don't think that's the reason they gave at the time, but... No, it's because he likes yeah. fighting. Right, he found <laughs> and other jobs. Right. And being a musician, no job. It's not no, a job. No, But he's got a... real job. He, he does karaoke and stuff, I guess. Does he? No, that was I would him. love to see this cast go out for karaoke for an episode. That would be fun. Yeah. No, he hasn't done it. Uh, that was actually Chad and Veronica singing Shallow, and that's why I got confused. Oh, right. So, right. there was that. So I don't want to see them go out to karaoke at the White Worm. <laughs> I want to see them go to, like, one of those rooms in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we had to bring in liquor from the outside. Right, that's what I want to. I agree. That sounds fun. Let's do that. That sounds good. And they ask why is Percival doing this, and Betty says it's to hurt them. He's just bad. He's just a bad man. And that's the end of the Archie plot. Let's move right into that Betty plot. Well, I guess I could say he gets his guitar back and burns it. But yeah. But <laughs> happening elsewhere. Whole thing. Small engine repairs? Small engine repairs. It's the answer to the question that we left off with last week. Betty is not pregnant. Thank God. And she is relieved. Thank God. Yeah. That's good. She asks, how do you raise a kid without screwing them up? Caitlin? I have no idea. And I don't think that's a good... I don't uh, think that's a great question to ask me. Me neither. It seems hard. Betty says, look at her parents. You know, how could she How could she possibly be expected to have a good example there? Oh, I just love that she's like, you know, my mom, Alice, is Alice. And then my dad's a serial killer. And they both hold equal weight of bad parenting. I think so. Yeah, I, think I agree. Alice has been kind of the worst for a while now. And no one seems to want to talk about it. Totally fine. Like, I wouldn't be living in her house if I were Betty. I'm surprised she still is. Like, I was confused by that. But yeah. I guess, sure. I think it's because uh, Archie and she can't cook, so they have to keep coming over for right, food. Right, perfect. That works out. <laughs> Archie thinks they would have gotten the hang of it, and he was excited to start a new life with her. A baby would have been a light amongst all of this darkness, and Fred loved being a young dad. He had just, man, he was down for this. <laughs> Betty's like, well, you know, maybe maybe someday. She doesn't, she doesn't seem to say she doesn't want to have kids at all. Yeah, I think that I we're putting a pin in that. It's more realistic and honest than what we got in the first Rivervale episode that this scene echoes, where it's like, I'm having a baby, and they're like, yes, babies, <laughs> I love you, and babies with you. Yes, I know. Well, it seemed like they they were trying for a baby, right? It, uh, they just they just wanted to love each other all the time, yeah, all day, yep. and even kill each other. Yep, and the she put the fertility thing in the pie. I forget, that was a weird episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, and then they ate the pie, and then they had sex. I like that. That was disturbing to me. I was disturbed by that. Alice calls to tell Betty the good news. Good news, honey. If you don't have this book, you're going to jail, and he has your diary as collateral. Anyway, beef stroganoff for dinner tonight. Oh my god, it's so hard to be in Betty in this household. Betty gets a psych profile on TBK, and it's boring. It's the most generic thing ever, like truly. <laughs> like oh he's a loner who likes killing people right, thanks right. judging judging by our, our our analysis it seems like he enjoys murder 
It says here that you're trash, I'm trash, we're all trash. <laughs> oh my god. I can't. can't you see I'm just taking out the trash? Is that from somewhere or is that just... Why not call him the garbage man, you know? Why the trash bag killer? Well, I think it's supposed to be like BTK, which is bind, torture, kill. But they... Uh, clearly. But yes. they like... Do you think they started with they did. the the the, uh, the initials and then were like, what can that stand for? I think they were like, we can't call him torture, bind, kill, right? That's confusing. So... <laughs> we're not even calling him by the name we we learned he had when we right. saw him Right, he once, is a which person. probably isn't his real name. No, but, but he's a person. Just... Like, we Right, know he's like a guy. Yeah, it's a weird now. We've seen his face. Yeah, we've seen his face. It's a weird thing that, like, we... They, they have, like, a sketch Archie, of him. Ar- I mean, if Archie's running his business right, he should have a copy of his driver's license on file. I, I'm gonna just assume. Guaranteed he does not. <laughs> he does not run his business right. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Archie's, Archie's often being like, listen, I don't I do not do any paperwork. Can you come yeah, and work? I'll pay you right, under the table. Right, this is a very off-the-books position. And in his mind, it's like, this is how I'm helping. And he probably does help some people sure, out. Sure, yeah, way. absolutely. But not in this case. In this case, it was, a, it was an issue. But mostly himself, because he doesn't like paperwork. Of course, paperwork. Uh, who, who does? No one. She smells bleach, and it gets to her. And when she looks at the janitor, she sees her father. She just keeps freaking out at janitors. This <laughs> yes. She does. She, yeah. This is another one. Multiple times somebody has been a janitor and it's actually just been a janitor, but go off, Betty. And then when Betty goes to Percival to ask for a diary back, he's just got an open bottle of bleach on his counter. And she like, I love how it's uh, like, you don't see it. And then it pans and it's like, and what is Right. This? She just kind of looks at it for a second. <laughs> What's going on? Why is this bleach here? Uh, he infers that a scent like this could unlock a memory for her. She's like, God damn it. And he won't give her her diary, but he might let her read it there. Cool. Fine. Sure. Show me to the nook. <laughs> I, I would love it if he, like, set it up with pillows and stuff. Be like, it is cozy. <laughs> yeah. Would you like some tea? Yeah, you know, it's a nice experience, but you can, mm-hmm. you know, do it. Go. Right, but knowing him, he'd also, like, charge you for the amount of time you spend in there. But not tell you in advance. So it's, like... Right, right, right. It's only afterwards. That was, like, how... This is not the same thing at all, but, like, have you ever been to a restaurant and you ask for a refill of your drink, and they've been, like, oh, I can get you another one, and then they charge you? Because I just went to dinner, and they charged me $5 for each Diet Coke I got. That makes sense to me. I don't know. I disagree. Free refills always. Crazy. (laughs) crazy to me that people don't do free refills free refills at like burger king (laughs) no free refills everywhere i say not a restaurant i stand by this the cheesecake factory gives me free refills all the time every restaurant should be the cheesecake factory oh and the cheesecake factory is the definition of dining yes it's fine dining john god have you seen the decor (laughs) it's fine dining Don't, don't be ridiculous john come on Classy place. Betty tells Archie about her day, and when she read the diary, it revealed the night she wanted to discuss car repair with her dad and accidentally found him cleaning bodily fluids out of the car with bleach. Okay, so I have an issue with this. Is it why was she reading about car repair at like 10 at night and then was like, great time to go talk to dad about cars? (laughs) No, that makes sense to me. I think the thing that confused (laughs) me was it's been established that... 
Black Hood didn't start killing until Betty's speech. <laughs> oh, we cannot, we cannot unlock the timeline of Hal's murder career. Right. Like the longer the longer it's been since then, the more they've decided he's been murdering all along. Right. And doesn't she even have a line about like I don't? I'm actually not sure how many. Yeah, it felt like kind of a little bit retroactive. Like this was a prodigal. Yeah, I'd call it a retcon. Yeah, like a prodigal son kind of a situation, but sure. Right. Betty wonders how she couldn't notice, and Archie says she was 12. And, right. You know, when you're a kid, you're kind of trained to trust your parent. He's like, my parents were awesome, so. <laughs> Betty's told the girl who survived TBK had a light left on for her at night. And this triggers another memory of how leaving Betty at night light. So now she thinks maybe TBK is like her own father. Maybe he has a family of his own. Broaden the search to men with daughters who travel for work. Sure, that works. This TBK stuff is really, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where, where this is going, but I, I like this shift. That's actually the most interesting thing to happen with TBK is like, wait, does he have a family? <gasps> is his daughter Agent Drake? I thought that, I know, I'm like, that doesn't really make sense, but sure, like, let's do that. It's been over a year. She's also good looking. Right. Huh. <laughs> Put her back on the She's show. She's coming back. She is. She's coming back next week. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Very exciting. Uh, this episode actually got me kind of excited for her. Sabrina to come on the show because I'm realizing now that we're not in Rivervale they will probably put a lot more effort into it this time interesting Archie strums his guitar one last time before Cheryl will burn it in a secret cleansing ritual and he asks how Betty is doing she says she's not sure what other secrets she has hidden inside her oh sad should we go to where you want to go next dyslexia book for child dyslexic book book of reading for kids what was it dyslexia workbook for children percival asks reggie for his copy of a workbook that teaches kids with dyslexia how to read reggie has it no reggie doesn't just reggie keeps it right by his desk to this day i don't know if this was like a production choice where it was like let's just make this as simple to find as possible but it's like oh yeah here it is it's right here (laughs) like it couldn't be any closer yeah well I mean, the rest of this episode almost implies that he actually does use it Aww. regularly to help him master his dyslexia. Which is, like, so unbelievably endearing that, like, Reggie, like, yeah. has this thing that he clearly... I kind of like the... Yeah, he clearly doesn't talk about it with people. I'm sure Veronica's a great yeah. listener, just kidding. But, yeah, it's like, oh, Reggie. Like, another thing that nobody will talk to you about because nobody cares about your emotional state. It's really upsetting. <laughs> Long-suffering Reggie. Reggie can't read his cards at the poker table. And then he goes to check a comic book in his desk drawer as if that'll make it sure one way or the other. Yeah. He can't read that either. I like the design of the cards in the comic in this situation. Me too. I thought they it was cool. Physically messed them up. Yeah. I had no idea if he did have a winning hand or not because even if those cards were completely legible, I don't know anything about poker, genuinely. Yeah, it would have been funny if, like, when he stood up from the table, he just put the cards down and everyone who saw it went like, go! Yeah. <laughs> like, he just won. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I have to rely on all the reactions. Reggie asks for his book back because it taught him how to read. Percival won't let him have it, but he can have this Glamour J egg. Reggie doesn't care. 
That won't teach what you about, about Veronica? to read. Dude, we broke up. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants these eggs except her. <laughs> so my favorite is he's like, what about as a parting blow? To pay money for an expensive thing for her? No. You know when you break up with someone and then you give them a $20,000 egg? That makes sense. <laughs> that checks out for me. He whammies Reggie into taking the egg. And then they can discuss his book and any other opportunities. So he just loves having like a dad figure. This is British daddy. Yeah, you know, in their breakup, Veronica doesn't have like a single good insight on him no. to really take him apart <laughs> like he does on her because you know she never paid attention she never asked that's all that all makes sense right to which me. didn't you make but like it does seem like he has a huge dad complex well it's funny it's like she's like i if i could just you know you could wait around and i can make a list of insults for you when they break up and <laughs> yeah she's like hold on give me an hour let me let me call some writers you, you wear a lot of leather jackets i don't know what to call that but you and your good job. Right. <laughs> After he uh, hears about the poison kiss, Reggie goes to Percival, saying there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. What are you? A wizard? <laughs> <clears throat> Percival calls himself a magic man. And Reggie's first response is, can you teach me? Can he? He's the sorcerer's apprentice. I would love that. That should be the next one. I like the idea of Reggie not as, like, a talented wizard, but as, like, kind of a perpetual screw-up wizard apprentice. As a middling wizard in training. He's, he's like, constantly trying to run scams with magic. You know, Kevin's going to be pretty upset about this. It's for the betterment of mankind. And Reggie's like, it's to fill my gas tank. Yeah, definitely. I I really do worry that there's going to be, like, a... Kevin, Reggie, tribe of people versus everybody else. It's like, oh, man. It, it, I mean, knowing both of them, they will switch sides at the last second, and then we'll be fine. Okay, that's good. As long as evil doesn't win. I mean, Reggie was Hiram's son, too, and that worked out. Yeah, I'm sure got him sandwiches. He'll be Percival's son for a little bit, and then get over it. He got it. him sandwiches and chips. I hope. Reggie comes into Percival's shop. She's like, I got a sandwiches and chips. And he's like, I don't eat sandwiches. And that's the moment when he decides I made a huge mistake. Oh, no. What is this? Poor Reggie. <laughs> Which leads us with one plot line. Ah, uh, yes. The Metamorphosis. Wow. The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. I haven't read this one either. Have you? No, I have not. This seems like a Jughead book, though. It is an allegorical novella about about a salesman, Gregor Samza, who wakes one morning to find himself inexplicably transformed into a huge insect and subs- subsequently struggles to adjust to his new condition. No. No, I won't be reading <laughs> I did not know that it's about a man turning into a cockroach. I thought it was a metaphor. We're going to Google something. I want to see if it's... Has there been a... Oh, no, there have been literally, like... I was like, oh, has this ever been a movie? It's been about 20 movies. So, <laughs> that's that's good. Okay, cool. cool yeah, but cool. any that, like, matter? <laughs> um, there was a 1975 television film. There's been two feature films. No, three feature films. Four feature films. Four. 
10 oh, okay. feature films. I've been a lot. There've been a lot. <laughs> Endless supply. Cool. Cool. We all get one. We all get metamorphosis film as a treat. And I hope the audience members who are upset that we haven't read this are having a nice day. Yeah, yeah. If this is your favorite book, that seems like you're not afraid of cockroaches. That's all. <laughs> I have nightmares about cockroaches often, so. Yes. That's on. That's a thing I won't be participating in. Tabitha is in Albany, so Jughead's alone. Tabitha is in Albany, by the way. Albany. That's what I said. She, no, he says Well, I Al- said Albany. Right, because you said it the way that I like. He says Albany. And I'm like, what is Albany? Right. And then I realize Albany. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah. You're from New York. Yeah. I actually don't know if I'm you know. saying it right, but I, I know I don't like how Doug has said it. Okay. Anyway, metamorphosis. And we'll spend the next 15 minutes tearing that apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. Percival and the police come through Jugheads. They say the library is closing so they can build a hotel. And they are tracking down unreturned books. And Jughead never returned a copy of The Metamorphosis. Jughead says he checked that book out ten years ago. Well, that doesn't matter. Percival wants it. But Jughead was homeless then. It could be anywhere. anywhere. Well, either Jughead pays late fees in the thousands or he replaces it with an identic and specific copy. This is the part where I'm getting very mad at Percival in the same way that Jughead says when he says, but why if you're shutting down the library? And Percival says it's for the principle of the matter. And really he's saying, because I'm a little stinker. (laughs) I'm a little stinker. And he takes a copy of Jughead's grandfather's book as collateral. And then a cop punctuates Percival's sentence with a cocked shotgun. Like they'll kill you? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Jesus. And so, and 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 we're to assume that Percival's mind control is so complete that you can murder someone for him and that won't snap you out of it. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's though. overpowered. Yeah. He's more powerful than the purple man was in Jessica Jones. <laughs> Because he, he had the same thing, like coercion was his power, right? He could tell you to do something and you'd do it. Yeah. But he had distance rules. He had time rules. They figured out the mechanics of his limits over the course of the season so they could eventually defeat him. Yeah, I don't know if this guy has any of that. No, then of course not. They weren't going to sit down and think about the limits of his powers. That's not what they're interested in. Right. We know so, what they like to write. Yeah, exactly. I get that. Casino plot lines. Yeah, honestly, I was missing that. There was not enough casino plot lines. No one played any casino games this whole episode. That's not true, Judd. We barely went to two casinos this week. Reggie played poker. Technically a casino game. But <laughs> look, it can't be completely missing. Uh, the core four, which uh, for this week includes Veronica. Oh, the... congrats. Veronica says, anything interesting been going on, guys? And they say, no. Nothing well, to tell you. Is that when Cheryl's there also? Or no? Is yeah, that... they we cut to Cheryl. Uh, Jughead believes Percival is removing books from the ecosystem to stamp out free thoughts. Maybe. But why go to this much effort? Has anyone ever been thrown in jail over a library book? Yes. In America. Oh, God, I hate this. I hate that. 
not no hate that and nobody can find their books and they say cheryl and the camera whips and we reveal that cheryl's been in the meeting with the core four crazy sleeves on her outfit <laughs> i thought that was a weird choice like to make it secretive that cheryl was there like it it almost seemed like a reveal right. but like why right uh Cheryl says, books are objects of immense magical power, and we imprint on them, and they on us, and what will Percival be doing with that power? And Veronica doesn't raise her hand, doesn't ask a question, doesn't say anything. How much does she know? Unclear. Very What unclear. are we doing? <laughs> She's like kind the of The secrets like mean magic. things to people, Ooh. you know? <laughs> you can't just be like... Oh, I'm just so glad I'm in the loop now. No, the length of time it takes for someone to tell you something like this <laughs> means something. <laughs> well, thanks for informing me, guys. I'm right. glad I'm trustworthy <laughs> That's now. nice. I hope I get a power, too, and it's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jughead's Googling copies of the Metamorphosis when he realizes his fingers are bleeding. He can't treat his hands. A fingernail comes off fingernail body horror is my least favorite i hate it um, so i don't much. like looking at it mm, bad do, i didn't do, realize do, eczema got like this that's messed up i'm not sure eczema makes your fingernails peel off i um, thought he was transforming into a bug and that's why i was confused i'm sure they're using imagery from the metamorphosis but he talks about his grandfather's eczema yeah so his grandfather was like a thing yeah he was like a mess and lived alone and we found him back in season four right but it was that was before and now went he's to dead r.i.p yeah right right yeah yeah because he couldn't write that ya children's novel anymore that's <laughs> he right he, he just didn't have the talent right it was a whole thing yeah who, who could have forgotten <laughs> <laughs> not not us never so Jughead finds the last homeless man in Riverdale. I'm a little bit annoyed that there are any homeless men left in Riverdale. Like, really, Percival? You couldn't even finish your job? So that's his you, limit. You didn't even do it. Well, it's his specific... That's his specific, uh, maybe, uh, not weakness, but, you know, his language has to be very... His weakness is semantics? Yes, that's what I meant. His weakness is semantics. It's like, you gotta walk out of here. You can't roll out of here. You have to walk. Okay, cool. I just I just think this whole story, the whole Jughead's looking for a book thing is such a weird... Jughead asks Hank where Doc went, because apparently Doc had Jughead's book. And then Hank describes the night Percival told them to simply walk west until they saw the ocean. Now I hear that, and I say, oh, he's dead. <laughs> Right, right, because I imagine you eventually Are you hit kidding a me? Bus. You just said yeah. walk west until you see the ocean. Yeah, you will eventually just not survive that. You couldn't possibly. <laughs> right, totally. But instead, Jughead's like, oh, well, like, what about. Oh, first of all, we ask, what about you, Hank? And Hank points to his wheelchair and says, I can't walk. And Percival didn't see this man and think, let me say one more thing to him. Whatever. Right, no, why? <clears throat> Anyway, he's like, how come we got in contact with Doc? He has my book. I don't really care about him, apparently, walking the entire way. Yeah, but yeah. Like, not, oh my god. Hank's like, okay? don't worry. I have the number for a payphone on Venice Beach. Clearly the only place Riverdale's homeless could be by now. 
right. Right. Never mind, like, a whole coast. Also, they're in New York. That's not even directly west. It's not. (laughs) That's southwest. They would be in, like, San Francisco, maybe. I don't They'd know. They'd be in Washington State or something. I mean, no, Unclear. they'd be dead, but... <laughs> right, they would never make it that far, but sure. Okay. They wouldn't make it past the highway. They'd have to cross highways, like... They'd get... Yeah, they would have... <laughs> I Yeah, I... Would they just jump into... If there's, like, a cliff in front, are they just gonna walk off of it? I don't know. You know... It sounds like it should be, but instead, Hank describes it as, like, oh, yeah, and then they, like hacked up and sold the book yeah great cool 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 cool. cheryl calls together the core four and she says she's been reading through some occult volumes and believes she has insight into percival's machinations he's using their collateral as totems to hunt torment and test them veronica continues to not ask questions jackhead (laughs) talks about his grandfather's disfigured eczema hands which he now has his fear is ending up the same way as his grandfather, dying alone, having written one book. Also well, eczema, you I plagiarized guess. one book, so. Yeah, yeah. That never came back to Archie wants to know, Archie wants to know how to stop him. They say if they get their stuff back, they break the spell. And Cheryl insists there are rules to this. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, and if they can't find the books, then they have no choice but to hope they survive the constant torment. Great. Cool, like those odds. Anyway, Hank got in contact with Doc, who says that he sold the book in Allentown, Pennsylvania, in some place called Barney's Book Barn, which is going to save their ass. Barney's Book Barn, the set, is just one bookshelf. But (laughs) (laughs) Jughead finds all the books in Allentown for everyone. Thank God. On this one bookshelf, which is weird, but okay, sure. Think of all the money Barney's Book Barn just made. That Riverdale will never make. Because right. Percival is like, we don't need books except when I want these books. Right, we're getting rid of all books except people. for these five books that we need. Well, you give me those books so I can get rid of them. You can't have them <laughs> because I'm getting rid of them. Because they're mine. So there. <laughs> so there. Meh. Glad he was in, you know, he manipulated his way to being a mayor. Good job. Right. Um... Well, Percival says fair is fair, and their objects serve their purpose, which is mysterious. And then <laughs> Cheryl burns all their stuff, but Jughead won't burn his grandfather's book. Because what would Ray Bradbury say? I don't know. He's not alive, and he wasn't in this situation. He'd say, I'm sorry, the guy can read minds? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hold on, back up. Um, I think you might want to That sounds burn like something that. out of one of my books. Yeah, I, I love how Jughead spent all of this time getting the books back. Only to be in this situation. So, cool. Great. Yeah. Well, who is your citizen of the week this week? I guess Jughead for getting all the books. And Cheryl for also, like, telling them what to do with the books and stuff. Okay. I'd say Reggie for never losing his book. Yeah, that's true. Reggie, Reggie was, like, the Reggie best returned people. his book. He didn't get right. tormented. That's true. It was very easy for Reggie. Actually, he did kind of get tormented. But the book was the object. So that oh, was... see, I thought Veronica was the torment. I guess, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, sad. Very sad. Uh, did anything Did anything jump the shark for you this week? No. I mean, kind of, kind of Veronica killing another person. But that's just good fun. <laughs> that's just the fun of the yeah, show. Yeah, her body count is racking up fast. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Too fast? Who knows? Who's to say? Too furious? I, I think next week, I'm curious. She has black lipstick on. It's very exciting. Do you have any rumor mill stuff to talk about? So the only thing that I have kind of came from earlier in this episode where we talked about is the zombie apocalypse coming. And I think that maybe they are going to do Afterlife with Archie or something well, close they, to They're it. implying they're worried about a nuclear apocalypse. I, I don't know if it's necessarily if it has to be nuclear, but it could also be zombie well, and nuclear. I only say that because Tabitha said the words nuclear winter. Yeah, that is specific. Zombies could be around. Or it could be something like... <laughs> it could be nuclear winter and zombies. Yeah, completely different situations. And they just happen to fall at the same time. You know, sometimes like there's a hurricane and also a heat wave. I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's even true. That might not be possible. But, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. But that's kind of my only theory. What about you? I'm worried we're settling into an area where we're just going to have... Percival messes with the gang of the week for a few weeks. Yeah. And I'm not enjoying that mode. I much okay. liked the ascent to power and I want to get into the rebellion that hurts him. You know, I'm down for it. Uh, I already feel the right way about him. And to just have him mess with them week after week, uh, just being annoying and a little stinker will drive me crazy. Do you think anyone's going to get powers other than... Now we only yeah, have... Yeah, really... at this point, I think everyone gets powers. Reggie and Kevin? Sure, why not? Ones... Yeah, they're the yeah. only ones left, right? Right. Kevin's will be turning invisible. Oh, no. Poor Kevin. <laughs> sad. Quite sad. I hope Moose gets powers. I hope Moose's powers I hope Reggie really has, friendly. like, a cool power, like he can heal people. Oh... And then it's like, oh, you healed Hiram long ago. Now you can heal your dad. And he's like, I love dads. (laughs) He just heals all the dads. Right. But then he brings Hiram back. Oh, no. I wonder if somebody will have a resurrection power. I think Hiram got the power to turn into a painting. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah. Transformation or whatever that's called. (laughs) I switched places with the painting, Mia. You killed a painting. You killed a painting. How does that feel? I would love for them to explain that. That sounds great. But it was a painting who gave that really heartwarming speech to her, actually. <laughs> it was... yeah. Yes. And they don't, it's not like they animate it so the lips are moving. It's just the camera just cuts to a close up of the painting while the voiceover of Hiram Walsh goes over. Works for me. I don't know. Or do you even, you not even have a voice? You just do a long static close up of the painting. And then come back to Bond and go show She goes, yes, of course, Father. Of course, I understand. It was beautiful. Thank you. Your words mean so much. I love you so much. It's hard. It's hard to be a painting. I don't know. It's hard. To be a father and a painting, that's probably the two hardest things you can be at once. It's the hardest it's the hardest job in the world, you know? People say motherhood, but it's being a being a father and a painting. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. Absolutely. So so John, what are you watching? I'm getting into Severance. Cool. Do you like it? Fun because uh, your husband and other Likes people it? have been now telling me I specifically have to watch Severance. So, like, I watched the first episode of Severance, and then uh, Grant and I, roommate Grant, are trying to figure out 
you know, oh, can we watch something last night? And Grant's the kind of guy who, like, when he's trying to find something to watch, he'll just start scrolling and just be like, let's yeah. just see if I find something. And I'm not really like that. I like to go in with intention. I don't like that either. Yeah. To these apps. Right. Because then you're just going to get lost in there and you're going to watch There's something. Too much. Like, Maybe not that. And then you'll leave that 30 minutes in and watch another thing. And then suddenly it's one in the morning. Totally, okay. I agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm there uh, with so you. I, so I'm like, listen, I've already been watching Severance, and I was just going to watch another one. Do you mind if I put that on? And he had already seen episode one, so we watched episode two together. And then our other roommate, Cosmo, comes through, and he's like, you're watching this? Well, now I need to catch up. So now it's a group watch thing, which means I can't watch it at my own speed. Just I know. It, I know. It is complicated. Or not complicated, but it is kind of annoying when you start watching something with someone, because then you don't want to stop. Right. But you also right. want to watch it. Oh my it god! I was watching The Nevers with Brittany, and then we oh, watched like three episodes, and then never watched it again. <laughs> and I'm like, I at this point, good. I should watch it on my own. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I watched three episodes months apart. Which one was The Nevers? I know the name. I just can't place it. It's like Victorian X Men. Okay, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Was that Joss yeah. Whedon? I think it, it was, was, right? I mean, they they market it like it's, ooh, created by no one, but it's Joss Whedon. Uh, created in a, in a lab. Not by yeah. Joss Whedon. Uh, and I guess the other thing is Doctor Strange uh, oh. was a pretty nutso movie. Way more nutso than I expected it to be in a very fun way. Oh, okay, so you liked it. Also, yeah. Um, it, like, took me a while to kind of settle on my opinion on it because it's just... He's just not the main character of that movie. Right, yeah. He's, like, the weakest part of that movie, and you kind of have to accept that. And it's more about the director than anything. Oh, interesting. Of, like, they this, this like, bringing in a kind of individualistic director and, like, does his voice shine through this brand that Marvel is? And it did, uh, very much so. Cool. What about you? What are you? What are you watching? Oh, thank you. I'm not watching anything, but um, I've been listening to a podcast that I really like. It's called Ruined, and it's or Ruined, I guess, depending on how you pronounce that. I always think it's. I used to think the word was ruined, but I think it's ruined. ruined. Yeah. Um, Unless they're talking about runes. No, it was just wrong. You're right. Um, I <laughs> I really like it. It's just a movie podcast. It recaps horror movies. Um, it's just really fun. The hosts are really funny, and it's just a good time. It's like the episodes are like an hour long. It's kind of like commentary on horror movies. They did the Sixth Sense. So, for example, you could watch, you could listen to that one having not seen it. Well, then I couldn't, right? But I enjoyed it. Well, you should watch the Sixth Sense and then you should listen to that one after. Right, but I wouldn't want to listen to a commentary for a movie I haven't seen. Right. Well, it's it's more like the premise of it is like if you don't like horror movies, but you want to know what happens in them because that is a thing. That is a thing that there are people who need to know what happens in a movie but won't sit through it. So they just recap it so like it's so funny. Um, if hold on, wait, what? Yeah. Why would I? If I don't want to watch the movie, why do I care what happens in the movie? Because I don't. I think that you're. You either are. You either are like that or you're not like that. I just, but like, and you're not like that. Doesn't that. make sense. I think you're either. I think it's I, one of those things where if you don't feel that way, you'll never get it. But if you are that way, you'll get it. If that makes sense. Well, that sounds like a good defense for most 
perspectives. <laughs> yeah. If you get it, you get it. And if you don't get it, you don't. So right. I, but it's good. I haven't really been watching that much because I've been busy. Um, yeah. And the wilds. I've been watching the wilds, which is great. But I think I talked about that already. I could be wrong. But yeah, I really like the season, season two of the wilds. And if you guys want to talk about that to me on Instagram, I would enjoy that. So, yeah. Right. But if you get me on Instagram, I won't know what you're talking about. John will just answer back with question mark, question mark, question mark. So that, so Is this he, lost? What? What's happening? Yellow jackets? Chatting about yellow jackets? Question mark? Me, yellow chatter? Yellow chatter. Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> yellow chowder. No, that doesn't make sense. Why did I say that? Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what now, John? <laughs> John, where can I find you? Over and out, River Vixens. No, no, we gotta do. You can find me. Oh, okay. Where are we gonna find me, John? We're gonna find me. You? You can find you um, on... The East Coast, you baby. You on Twitter? I, I'm on Twitter, at Riley Tweets. Okay, so you but... can find you can find Caitlin on Twitter, at Riley Tweets. And you can find us on Instagram, at the Riverdale Register Podcast. Which is where we're more likely to talk to you. So, we, we miss you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to end the podcast, John. Don't tell them that. We don't think, we think about them as much as Veronica thinks about Reggie. Which is only when we're lonely. No, just kidding. Thank you for, thank you for chatting with us. We appreciate it. Over and out, River Vixens.